Pardon the interruption, but I'm Mike Wilvon. Tony, how did you feel when you woke up to find out the Celtics were still alive? Tony Kornheiser. Not nearly as good as I felt when I woke up to find out I was still alive. Let's get our priorities yeah. straight here. Waking up for me is prioritizing. Yeah. Yeah. I did, I did wake up and, and quickly go to my phone and saw that the Celtics had won. So good for the Celtics, you know. To be swept, you know, when you're the second place team by the seventh place team. Pretty bad. That would stay bad. That would stink. Welcome to PTI, boys and girls. In today's episode, Jimmy Butler isn't worried. Jamie Ben delivers a cheap shot. And Brian Windhorst joins us for five good minutes. But we begin today with the Boston Celtics breathing new life after beating Miami in Miami last night and forcing a game five in Boston. Wilbon, what changed for the Celtics and does it feel sustainable? Well, Tony, I mean, you'd have to think that anything the Celtics did to win that game is sustainable because they sustained it all season. They won more games than any Celtic team in the last, whatever it is, 15, 16 years. And so you see, we just saw this roster basically and upgraded, okay, upgraded with Malcolm Brogdon. We saw this group of guys at the core, plus Malcolm Brogdon, uh, minus Malcolm Brogdon, get to the finals last year. It was sustainable for a whole season, right into the finals. So, yes, it should be sustainable. I don't think their spirit was broken, even though pretty much everybody in the basketball community thought that and said that they had quit in game three to fall down 0-3 in that series. But, yes, do you have to get those kinds of performances again, particularly back home where the Celtics have been mediocre in game five? Yes, you do. And you have to get them again in game six. And we remind people that teams that have gone down 0-3 are 0-149. And, and I know in New England now. they're saying 150. 150. Right, that's right. That's right, because the Lakers. The Lakers. Because the other night, so, 150. And, Tony, I, I know in New England they're thinking, aha, this feels like 2004, and there's that rallying exactly. cry already. It's never happened. Exactly. Happened in the that NHL, exactly but it's never right. happened, you know. So right. I do think it's sustainable. I do. I'm not saying they're going to win I'm the series, but I think it's right. sustainable. I'm going to go to that, and what happened in 2004, because I had on Boston's own Bob Ryan on the podcast this morning. And this is what Ryan said about sports. I want to accurately quote it. Everything happens this way until it doesn't anymore. And what he's talking about is the Red Sox. The Red Sox being down 3-0 to the Yankees and coming back to win. Now, in basketball, as we both agreed, it's 0-150 in this sort of circumstance. I don't think the Celtics can beat Miami four games in a row, but I concede the possibility. Let me go back to the Red Sox, because I watched a clip today that I did not remember. It is a clip of Kevin Millar, the Red Sox first baseman, um, before game four. Okay, the Red Sox have just lost game three, 19 to eight. He's talking with our friend Dan Shaughnessy of the Boston Globe. And he says, just don't let us win tonight. Don't let and us then he win. says, because we got, we got Pedro in game five. We got Schilling yeah. in game six. And in game seven, anything can happen. So anything indeed can happen. I'll just ask you this, Mike. Last night at that game, in the audience, Alex Rodriguez and Derek Jeter, two people on that Yankee team that lost that playoff series, you think that's an omen? You think that's an omen? <laughs> I don't necessarily think it's an omen, Tony, but it is an interesting circumstance that we're in now. I will just say this. I don't, I wonder, I'm not saying they don't have this person, but who is the person 
on that roster that rallies that team? Who's going to do that for the Celtics? And so it would seem to me Marcus Smart would be that guy. He has that natural personality. But they got to have that. They got to have that and sustain that off the court as well as whatever they can do to sustain what they did on the court. Jimmy Butler seems to be taking the loss, uh, you know, in stride. The Heat star scored 29 points last night, but said the team let go of the rope defensively. After the game, Butler didn't seem too concerned, saying, quote, we're going to listen to some music, we're going to drink some beers back there, I'm going to have some wine. Close quote. Tony, how should Butler and the Heat feel after this particular loss? I think they can still feel fine. Did they blow an opportunity? Sure, they blew an opportunity. But as we just said, teams that go down 0-3 in these playoffs in the NBA go out 0-150. and They moved to Boston for Game 5. Boston is not a good home team in the playoffs. No. Not at all. They're 4-6 and six at home in the playoffs. This is a Game 5, not a Game 7. It's a Game 5. They're 0-2 at home in Game 5s. And Miami, Miami's not some fly-by-night team, right? They were first in the conference last year. The surprise for Miami this year was finishing seventh and having to go through the play-in. Miami has a pedigree. In three of the last four years, they have been in the conference finals, right? I, I mean, I, I just think, I don't think that they should be particularly nervous at the moment because I think they're a good team and they've won the last two games in Miami, what did I write in the notes here? If you believe in coaching, Mike, because we've talked about this the last few days, you have to believe there's an advantage to Eric Spolstra in his 15th year over Joe Mazzula in his first year, right? You have to believe yeah. there's an advantage there. Tony, I guess there's a lot of, there's several things I believe in. One, I think that Jimmy Butler's tone was the absolute right tone to have. And he is the leader. He is, you have to figure out who the guy in the Miami locker room is who's going to say, huddle up, boys. Here's what we're going to do. It's Jimmy Butler. And, Tony, they won't be lax because Eric Spolstra, and I'm going to include parenthetically, of course, as you know, Pat Riley, that sure. culture, which is talked about all the time, is not going to allow for that. So they're going to do this on the off day, pull themselves together. Again, I don't know that they'll win in Boston, by the way. I don't know. The atmosphere in Boston tomorrow night for that game five is going to be so tremendous at the beginning. Now, here's what happens, though, when the Celtics fall behind, because I saw it against Golden State last year. It gets The building gets jittery in a way it never did for the Bird Celtics or in a way it never did for the Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, Doc Rivers Celtics. It gets jittery. They get nervous, and you can feel it, and I believe those players feel it. But, wow, to start that game tomorrow, that is going to be some atmosphere in Boston. I, I must say I misspoke where I said that Miami won the last two games in Miami. I meant, and more to the point of game five, they won the last two in Boston. Boston. Now, can yeah. they win? Sure they can win. They got a real good team. They got guys played over 100 playoff games, like Jalen Brown and, and Marcus Smart. But winning four in a row is hard. This it's is game hard. seven. I feel differently. This is game five. We turned yeah. out of hockey. Last night, Las Vegas finally stopped getting into one-goal games with Dallas and bombed Dallas in Dallas 4-0. The key play happened two minutes in with Dallas already down 1-0. Stars captain Jamie Benn knocked down Vegas captain Mark Stone and then cross-checked him in the head while Stone was down on the ice. Benn got tossed right there, and Vegas scored on the ensuing power play. 
Afterwards, Dallas coach Peter DeBoer called Ben's behavior, quote, a mistake, unquote. Wilbon, what would you call it? Buffoonery. It was risky. It was unnecessary. It turns out to be stupid. They were already down one nothing, And this, of course, led to them being down 2 nothing. even though they killed four yep. minutes of that five-minute major. They, they didn't get away with it. And it's just you can't have that. You can't have that from your captain. I mean, first of all, Tony, he risks being suspended for a game. Now, I don't think that's necessary. I mean, he missed most of this particular game, and they lost, and they're now down 3 nothing. And there was no apparent injury suffered that would suggest he needs to go away for a longer time. But it was just reckless and unnecessary, risky, and stupid. Yeah, I would call it the end of the series because this is your captain and he's behaving insanely on the ice really early in the game. And he faces, he does face the possibility of, of another yes. game out. He certainly does. Yes. You know, if you want to rally around your captain who has been treated unjustly, that's one thing. But the evidence is right there. I mean, he did exactly yes, what he committed he did the it. crime he did, that, did he's, that he's accused yeah. of. And Vegas... Vegas hasn't been much better than Dallas all year, but they were better. They are the number one seed. Dallas is, is the number four seed. It begins to look, Mike, it begins to look like we're looking at Vegas and Florida and, and two sweeps. And let me just say this, that if that happens, the NHL is supposed to have a start date on June 3rd, first game of the finals. Unlike the NBA, I believe the NHL will be flexible, will talk to their broadcast partners, will move it up and take advantage of whatever momentum is there, as I think any good commissioner would do. I think they'll Tony, do it. Uh, Tony, I, you raise a good point. The problem is all these leagues and networks turn big decisions over to the marketing people, who you know I think should all be shown the door you, and marched to a marketing river. People. <laughs> you know how of You course. know how I feel about it. Because, Tony, that's what they do. They turn it over to the marketing people, and they're, and they're, Tony, they do. And they're partners. Your ratings. And sponsors. That's Television what Television is a do. business of ratings. Your ratings will be better the quicker you get out there in any yeah. sport to take advantage of what people have just seen. Let us take a break. Okay. Coming up, how likely is it that the Lakers add Kyrie? Kyrie? We're going to ask Brian Windhorst. Somebody's going to add Kyrie, unfortunately for them. We'll also ask him what changes the Celtics are likely to make if they go out to the Heat. Tony, if these decisions were made based on ratings, then why are there no move updates? They're made by marketing people. Wake up. I think, I think the NHL may have a move update. I oh, think they're stop. not like the NBA. I think they're more They'll flexible. Stop. The NFL schedule drops this week, and you can be there to catch all the action live and in person with Vivid Seats. Experience every touchdown, every tackle, and every eye-popping play of your favorite team. And to kick it off, Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code PTI. That's code PTI. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. 
Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Let's get back into the NBA playoffs with our great friend Brian Windhorst. Brian, let's start with the Lakers. You go back with LeBron James all the way to when he was a high school player. That's a long time. He, he floated the idea of retirement. Do you think he's seriously considering that now? I don't think he's seriously considering it. I do think it's on his mind, and we may be at the beginning of the we go year to year with LeBron, and we may have to wait a while after the seasons for him to make a decision. I also know, guys, it was the very end of a grueling postseason for him at the end of a, of a difficult season. And so I'm not going to put too much stock into what he says in the minutes after. I'm also cognizant that LeBron is always working and always working angles. And, you know, what he may want with the Lakers roster may not be the exact same thing that the Lakers front office wants. So he's always had a two-year plan after this year. He's under contract for one more year with the Lakers, $47 million, and then Bronny can enter the NBA, and he can either stay under contract for the Lakers for $50 million, or he can be a free agent and go wherever Bronny is. I don't see why he would change that plan, and I strongly suspect that's where he'll be come this fall. Yeah, I understand why he might change that plan because teenage boys don't want anything to do with their fathers until they're like 24 <laughs> years old. Tony knows where I'm going with this. So Bronny's still a teenage young man who's like, Dad, please stop. All right, now, we'll jump off of that. I hate to bring this topic up, but I have to. Kyrie. He was at game four. He's been at multiple games, Brian, just sort of lurking lurking, you know, sort of in the background, as you know. How likely do you think it is that he winds up on the Lakers next year? It sounds unlikely. And the reason I say that is because Rob Palinka came out yesterday in his season-ending news conference, and he said his priority, his focus, is on keeping the Lakers' young core together. Now, he didn't list off who's in that young core, but I can assume that it includes Rui Hachimura and Austin Reeves. And if the Lakers are intent on re-signing both of those players, they won't have room for Kyrie Irving. Now, maybe that's one of the things that LeBron is considering. Um, if the Lakers were to cast off all the players that they picked up, they could still keep Reeves. But if they really worked and prioritized opening cap space, they could open about 30 to $35 million in space uh, and still have AD, LeBron, and Reeves on the roster. That would still be a pretty big pay cut for Kyrie. But I think it behooves Kyrie to have the Lakers in the game. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's one of the reasons why he was showing up at these Laker games, because I don't think that the Mavericks intend to offer him a full max, uh, the $47 wow. million, dollars, which is where it's at. And I don't blame him for that, guys, because I'm not sure anybody else is going to either. So the more it makes, the more Kyrie can make it look like the Lakers are interested, the better offer he can potentially draw from Dallas. So I think that's all part of the game that we're seeing already start playing out ahead of July 1st. Wow. See if you can just keep him in Los Angeles and don't let him get east to the desert, please. And that's another rumor that's out there. Now, let's go to the Celtics. Um, if they wind up losing this series in however many games, 
I see huge changes, Brian, taking place with that organization because they've had these guys in the postseason, the core of it, for six years. Do you see wholesale changes? Do you see big changes in Boston if they lose? I don't. I don't think that's the attitude of the front office. I don't think Brad Stevens feels that way. I think Brad has big faith in Joe Missoula. I think he believes in him and where he can be as a coach. Um, the, the real question that they have isn't just the head coach, though. It's is the Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum partnership a $600 million partnership? Because that's where they're headed. They both made All-NBA, and they both qualified for the Supermax. And that's the only thing they're interested in signing. Jalen Brown can sign it this summer. Jason Tatum can sign it next summer. That is a massive amount of money, especially with a whole bunch of rules coming in that limit how you can improve your team when you have reached certain payroll heights. And so the question that they're going to have, do you believe in, in spending that kind of money for these two players? If the answer is yes, then you better get ready to clear out your salary cap because that's where all the money is going to go for the foreseeable future. If the answer is no, it's maybe look at the Jalen Brown situation because it's really simple. You either give him the 290 that he's eligible for or you trade him. And that's going to be a decision I think will land on Brad Stevens' desk. But to your point, to your question, I think that they, they, their preference is to keep those guys together and try to figure out how to make it work. We'll get you out of here on this. We'll ask for a quick answer. James Harden has opted out. Do you take seriously that he wants to return to Houston, or is he using this as leverage, you know, against the 76ers? Exactly the question that most of the NBA is asking. Um, the, the 76ers have not shown uh, an, an appetite to pay Harden the, the max. That's why they asked him to take a pay cut last year. The Rockets have the cap space. Do they do it? Um, you know, the, it's been a very hard rumor out there in the NBA about Harden's uh, intent to go back to Houston. And it makes you wonder if it's being sold a little bit too hard. And that's certainly something that people are considering. I guess we're going to wait and find out. Um, but again, just like with Kyrie, the Sixers are not really motivated to pay him that max salary if they don't think anybody else is going to do it. Thank you, Brian, as always. Thank you. Brian, appreciate it. See you soon. Take care, guys. All right, let's take a break. Coming up, Rays outfielder Luke Rayleigh struck out Vlad Jr. But that wasn't the end of the story. No, it wasn't. And R, the Suns, closing in on their new head coach. So Brian's got laundry working in that hotel room in Boston. Yeah. He's got to fold it. You know, yeah. you do a lot of... Weddings are all about the bride and groom, but they're a chance to look your best, too. With a fully custom suit from Indochino, you'll walk into wedding season looking like a million bucks, even though they start at just $499. It's easier than ever to be impeccably dressed with Indochino, so order your custom suits now and be ready for wedding season. Design the suit of your dreams and fine-tune every detail, including lapels, linings, monograms, pocket flaps, and more. That's right, it's bespoke without the premium price tag. Suits start at just $499 and fitted shirts at $89. Bucks. To make life even easier, you can set up your measurement profile on Indochino's website and choose customizations without even leaving the house. But if you prefer a premium in-person experience, just book an appointment at a showroom near you and let an Indochino style guide walk you through every step. Look your best this wedding season at the table or on the dance floor when you wear Indochino. Go to Indochino.com today and use code PTI to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. 
That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O dot com, promo code PTI. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Happy time, people. Happy 60th birthday, Joe Dumars. After a long career as a player and executive with the Detroit Pistons, Dumars is now working for the NBA as head of basketball operations. In that capacity, he suspended Draymond Green for stomping on DeMontis Sabonis early in the playoffs, despite the fact that Dumars has known Draymond since high school. Dumars was Isaiah Thomas's backcourt mate on the great Piston teams. Two-time NBA champion, six-time All-Star, five-time selection to the All-Defensive team. Dumars was general manager of Detroit's 2004 title team, coached by my old camp counselor, Larry Brown. Dumars played his entire 14-year career with the Pistons, averaging 16.1 points, and he's in the Hall of Fame. One of the underrated players of all time, Tony, and one of the great minds in basketball the last 40 years, and it's good the NBA tapped into that mind to be its director of operations. Not so happy anniversary, Mike Brown. On this day 13 years ago, Brown was fired by the Cleveland Cavaliers the year after he was named NBA Coach of the Year for going 68 and 16. Since then, Brown has been head coach at the Lakers, the Cavs again, and now the Sacramento Kings, where he was just named NBA Coach of the Year for leading the Kings to the playoffs for the first time in 17 years. Brown has collected four championship rings as an assistant to Greg Popovich in San Antonio and Steve Kerr in Golden State. His record as a head coach in the NBA, 395 and 250. I hope he gets his own ring as a head coach. So I'm hoping that this was just a first step in the right direction for Sacramento. That team, and particularly Mike Brown, are so easy to root for. Happy trails to Luke Rayleigh's success against Vlad Guerrero Jr. Toronto was en route to demolishing Tampa Bay last night 20 to 1 when the Rays started putting in position players to pitch. Outfielder Luke Rayleigh struck out Vlad Jr. in the eighth on a 50-mile-an-hour pitch. That was funny. But in the ninth, Jr. got his gleeful revenge, taking another slow pitch, oh, 424 feet for a grand slam and four of his six RBI. More so than the result of any baseball game, Tone, sad to just find out the passing of Tina Turner. Maybe nothing to do with sports, but I can speak for you. I know everything to do with our lives and listening pleasures over a lot of decades. One of the greatest live performers of all time. Ever. All time. Yep. One update. Stars Captain Jamie Benn indeed has been suspended. Suspended two games. Look, there's Ooh, only one wow. left. He okay. can serve Sort-a-bow. another one next year. How about <laughs> Let's that? Let's go to the big finish. 
Nick Nurse, your boy Doc Rivers, Frank Vogel reportedly among the finalists for the Suns head coaching opening. What's the best fit? I mean, along with Suns assistant Kevin Young and Kings assistant Jordy Fernandez, some just great candidates there, really. Padres outfielder Juan Soto had three hits, including a home run. And if you turn to Washington, D.C. last night, what'd you think of that? I watched it. He got a very good hand when he came up to bat in the first, and he doffed his cap. It was a very good moment. Christopher Morell of the Cubs, home and again. He now has nine in his first 12 games since being called up. Are you impressed now? Yes, we got mashers, but beating the Mets, the hated Mets 7-2 yesterday, I'm more impressed with that. The A's lost to the Mariners and are now 10-40 and 40 on the season. Your thoughts? Time to move to Vegas. Last one, will the Panthers yeah. sweep the Canes tonight? The Canes can't score. I'm afraid there's another sweep coming. Yes, Tony. We're out of time. Try and do better the next time. I'm Tony Kornheiser. And I'm Mike Wilbon. Same time tomorrow, you knuckleheads. And now, let's throw it to that Emmy Award-winning show, Tony. Sports Live.